1: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to yet another episode of Power to the Pod here on Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and your MC for Power to the Pod, which is when we take our weekly Tuesday show. And we put it in your hands as fans of the team. And we allow you to steer the ship and engage in whatever conversation is most pressing and most relevant to you. We had the chance over the course of the day yesterday to hear from a ton of offensive assistants. Uh, And today we are hearing from the defensive assistants. Press conferences start At 11.15. On tomorrow's show, we're going to give the rundown and the skinny on everything that we heard from assistant coaches that was relevant for the Dolphins, but not today. Today is your show, your questions, topics. We're starting with iTunes reviews. Uh, Real quick, uh, I don't believe Locked on Dolphins is having any issues with Apple Podcasts right now, but... It is something that's going around these days. Some of our friends throughout the Lockdown Network having some hardships with getting new shows to show up in their RSS feed, in the queue, on their phones. So if you get through Monday through Friday and you don't have an episode of On Dolphins and you're using the Apple Podcasts, check somewhere else. Check Spotify. Check Odyssey because odds are It's there. And Apple's just being a little funky. So I want to give that disclaimer. I don't believe we're having any problems, but preemptively, if you're listening to this show and you wake up on Thursday morning, you're like, damn, my Kyle took the day off. I didn't take the day off. Come on. First review of the day, Power to the Pod, comes from Kurt. Great show. Love listening to you at work. Helps the time go by faster. Thank you so much for listening. This isn't schedule related, but I was wondering why we would cut Jakeem Grant and not Albert Wilson. I feel like Grant has done a lot for this team and could still be able to do that for us when Wilson really hasn't done much and is the same kind of player. Also, am I the only one who thinks Byron Jones was a waste of money and kindly a bust? He definitely did not play the way he was paid. I'd rather see him go than Xavier Howard. Two-parter. Okay, so Wilson's role in a Dolphins overhauled wide receiver room versus Jakeem Grants is I do think they are somewhat different roles. And they're both players who have struggled with durability and passing game volume. Neither one of these two guys is somebody who you're going to run your offense through. But I think the 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 depth of the Dolphins wide receiver room solves that issue to a certain degree. Wilson, for me, much more of a true slot receiver. And what I mean by that is it's the short area agility, not just that because Jakeem has plenty of wiggle. It's the ability to play in traffic and highly congested areas that I don't think Jakeem Grant does particularly well because of his stature. Uh, Albert Wilson much more effective in yards after catch than what Jakeem is because Jakeem, his catch radius is very limited as an offensive receiver. And most of his yak opportunities come when he's catching the ball vertically down the field, but he's also had more issues with drops than what Albert Wilson has. So, Jakeem's most appealing dynamic is he's returned a kick for a touchdown, either a punt or a kickoff, in three consecutive seasons and four out of his five years in the NFL. The return duties are where Jakeem Grant earned his money. His return duties is Jakeem Grant's unquestionably most valuable role. But, and this is something that was talked about yesterday, to a certain degree, players like Jalen Waddell, Javon Holland, you have to acknowledge Noah Igbenogany, who was a former kick returner at Auburn. These guys all have experience doing that, and they're going to be much more high-ceiling rostered players. So when you're a special teams guy, primarily a special teams guy, you have to be able to hang your hat on something else other than just playing in the return game to have true value or else you're paid to be a true specialist and then you're paid top dollar. So for Jakeem, his role in the receiving room is not, in my opinion, a slot to play in traffic. And you saw the Dolphins do that with their alignments with him uh, in 2020. They did avoid playing him in high traffic areas And mainly played him on the perimeter and asked him to run vertical routes. But the guys that they've brought in in the meantime since give you better versions of that on the outside. So, just real quick to put a bow on this uh, Jakeem Grant alignments in 2020. Grant took 107 snaps from the slot over the entirety of the season, and he took 255 snaps. On the outside. So, not a math guy. And I'm sure I'll regret the true arithmetic being done in my head here, but that's about 30% of your snaps were taken from the slot. 70% of your offensive snaps taken from an outside alignment. Albert Wilson... You go back to 2019 when he was obviously on the rebound from the hip injury. He took 90 snaps on the outside and 322 snaps, excuse me, 332 snaps in the slot. So, an even more extreme version of that flip the other way, that's about 20% of his snaps taken outside versus 80% in the slot. As far as Byron Jones, yeah, he was. It was always going to be very, very difficult for him to play up to the contract expectations that come with the bidding war that came in free agency in 2020. That's, again, uh, a justification for the Dolphins to not do their business in free agency the way that they did it last year. Now, they brought a massive influx in town and it helped them win 10 football games and kind of reinforce the culture and, and kickstart the winning window for the team. So it's not all bad. And if you give this another two years... I think that Byron Jones contract will look much, much better because of other players at the corner position who will be getting new contracts. But yeah, I mean, Xavier Howard had 10 picks last year. He's an all-pro. He should have been defensive player of the year. So I would agree. If you, you hold those two guys up against each other, I don't think you're crazy for saying, hey, if we had to let one of these guys go, I'd rather let Byron Jones go than Xavier Howard. I think that's a perfectly reasonable take to have. Our next review comes from Traverin. Kyle, your passion in the Sewell episode really did an impression on me. Thank you. And that's very complimentary to know that, you know, kind of framing these arguments uh, helps you guys formulate your own opinions, which is what I encourage more than anything else, is, is don't let me tell you what to think, but I'm going to give you my perspective on it and keep it as real as I possibly can. Question. Can Tua's arm strength increase in the league? I feel like Tom Brady's increased and Drew Brees' arm before it went down at the end was fantastic, and he had it had was a deep ball savant. Typically, I'd lean no. Typically, I would say more often than not, you kind of are physically what you are as a player. You know, you can make some marginal throwing fundamental adjustments and you hear the guys who go work with quarterback coaches every year. And oh, so and so rehauled his throwing mechanics. That was a big thing for Tim Tebow for like four straight years uh, back when he was still a quarterback at the beginning of the last decade was, yep, Tebow, throwing coach, he totally refined and shortened his throwing release, and then you get into real-time game situations, and you'd go back to being exactly the same player that you were, because from a muscle memory perspective, that's who you are at this point in time. Now, I think with Tua, there is some room for growth and improvement because of the hip injury and the dynamics of not being training, but instead being rehabbing last offseason. So, Uh, I think the version of Tua physically that you'll get this year, uh, because he was healthy at the end of the year, he had a full offseason to train and get bigger, faster, stronger. I think this version of Tua will be much more reflective of the physical talent that Tua is going to have at his disposal, and then we can kind of make an adjustment on our expectations. Cream Cake, five-star review, thanks, man. Uh, meant to ask this question months ago now feels like a good time as any how do you think our offensive play calling will work with Studisville and Godsey could they take turns to call plays and would this make it harder for the opposition to game plan for us could play calling duties even be switched during a game do you know if any dual play callers have ever worked before great show I listen every day well I'm thankful to hear that you listen every day uh Danny and as far as the dynamics of how the play calling is going to work you know the these guys were very coy about it yesterday when they met with the media and kind of bit their tongue a little bit. Godsey's sitting there. He was asked twice, and he kind of smiled, and he says, we're going to leave it at this. You know, We're going to leave it at that. It is what it is. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, so they're definitely going to be tongue-in-cheek as far as whose responsibility is what part of the gamesmanship of this offseason season. But I don't think you're necessarily going to see it juggling in real time like that. And I'd be surprised if even if you saw it change from week to week, I think, and they talked about this pretty extensively yesterday. Um, All of the offensive coaches, including offensive quarter or quarterbacks, coach Charlie Fry and so on and so forth. This is a collaborative effort. And when you think about how Brian Flores has assembled his staff, how Brian Flores has pieced together this quote unquote team culture. One of the most prominent things that stands out is how much effective communication and collaboration and everybody being on the same page so that they can deliver the same message is really helpful. And that was actually echoed by Andrew Van Ginkle last week when he met with the media because he was asked about the three position coaches that left a big impact on him. And he said, everybody had the same message for me. And it made it very easy. I got more and more mental repetitions and... uh, Absorption of what they were telling me as coaches, and it helped me retain it and apply it better. So I do think you'll have somebody who is a designated play caller, but the co-coordinators thing is really going to bear fruit in the week of preparation. In which you have two different guys who can focus on two different dynamics the passing game, the run game, however you want to, and then from a collaborative effort can piece together their core principles that they want to focus on on any given week and how to marry those two things with play action passing and RPO passing. So that's kind of, and then it's, then it's a matter of selecting the menu for when you get into the red zone or green zone or whatever you want to vocalize, the opponent's 20 and in. You know, you've got layers to that. You've got the high twenty, or you got the high red. You got the the mid red. You got the low red. You got the goal line. Uh, so you, typically, you can divide that red zone by five or six yards, and you get quadrants of the red zone that you have different designed calls for based on opponent tendencies. Right? That's kind of like that play sheet, the big waffle house menu that you see the coaches walking around on the sidelines with. That has a lot of those calls that are are planned situational football calls. And then the rest of it, and I thought uh, Eric Studisville did a nice job with this yesterday. He talked about, you know, at the end of the day, you don't need a bunch of exotic play calls. You need execution with, with simple play design. And if you do that well, then it's going to take care of itself. And the rest of the dynamics really just kind of fall into... And Charlie Fry talked about this based on his experience at Central Michigan, putting different window dressings on the same concept. So how many different ways can you get to split flow inside zone? How many different ways and alignments and motions can you use to get to, let's just use a basic play concept as an example, mesh? That's what so much of the game really comes down to. It's identifying what are our bread and butter plays How many different ways can we get there to change the picture? And then when you're in situational football, that's where I really think you'll see it bear fruit for the Dolphins from a co-coordinator game plan throughout the week perspective. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game As teams press for runs to the championship, we've got NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs are on, the NBA playoffs are on, baseball, that long haul of a season, we're into it. So make sure you head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you get some winnings from BetOnline, I could tell you, One good place that you can invest some coin, and it's with our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and these things are delicious. A1, top shelf, top of the first round, top of the depth chart, however you want to vocalize it. Built Bars are amazing. They are low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. 10-plus flavors to choose from, 100% chocolate on all of their bars, So whether you're looking for something to grab and go, you're looking for something after the gym, you're looking for something that's a healthy snack throughout the day or keto-friendly, or you just like eating delicious things, Built Bar can be that for you. So visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, save 15% on your next order, and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Our next iTunes review, we have an inordinate amount of... iTunes reviews today which I am not complaining about at all please by all means send me some reviews of the show with your questions attached Uh, from fins up W Kyle love the podcast listen to it every day while I work hope you're having a good day at work brother Uh, I was listening to your show about how different the offense could be with a totally new playbook I heard you mention George Scotsey when he was the Texans offensive play caller got his responsibilities taken from him because he only scored three touchdowns in three games I know he had a lack of quarterback talent, but does that concern you at all, especially with a young quarterback and lack of play calling experience? Not trying to sound negative, but Tua is still improving, so it's not like he's going to be a major upgraded quarterback. So I think that... The, here's what I would say about this. Uh, Godsey served 19 games as the play caller for the Houston Texans. And... While that's not a a significant amount of time, I think when you think about working underneath someone like Bill O'Brien, who very clearly showed throughout the tenure of his time in Houston that he likes to have his thumbprint on everything, and whether that's good, bad, or ugly is up for you to decide. I, I think it's very hard to take away anything of substance from... His time as the play caller there, because as you said, uh, this was an offense that that the year that he had the entire year as the play caller, Brian Hoyer was the starting quarterback. And he had DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but the rest of this group was pretty blah. And I think through the interview process for the Dolphins and, and identifying that Godsey worked with Tua last year. Godsey has experience in the locker room. Godsey got to work with Tua and almost have that kind of trial of exposure to how he works best. I think I'm, I don't want to say I'm dismissive of the concerns because it is a, a legitimate concern, but you know, a lot of times if you're a stud all-star play caller, you're a head coach sooner rather than later. So for Miami's purposes, who are you going to get that's like an established play call or a play calling experience? And inevitably, anytime you hire somebody who has quote unquote play calling experience, everybody's going to point to, well, he was fired from here, 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 and here. And he went and became a head coach and that didn't work. And then he came back, as a play caller. And three years later, he's out of a job. It's just, that's kind of the nature of being a play caller in the vast majority of situations across the league. So I don't want to be dismissive, Uh, But that offensive depth chart in Houston was not good working under Bill O'Brien with Bill O'Brien's preference to uh, dictate and control effectively everything about the the organization makes it hard to glean anything away. But I will say this, uh, I absolutely believe that coaches can make the most of second opportunities, and I believe there are instances of coaches who were not ready for their first opportunity when they got it. And George Godsey, that was a long time ago that he was to play caller in Houston. It was the mid-2010s. So it was like 2015. So uh, I think the time that's passed since and the trust within George Godsey that Brian Flores has as well or has shown as well as Eric Studisville uh, is notable. And I really liked the messaging yesterday from Eric Studisville, which is effectively, um, it's about execution. And you listen to, and I've, I've tried to absorb a lot of coaches' clinic content throughout the course of the summer. Steve Sarkeesian in Alabama, who's who was everybody's top choice, and he obviously got the head coaching job at Texas. He didn't reinvent the wheel. He And he talked pretty elaborately about we have our core plays our bread and butter plays and we have a pivot off of that a change up if you will to our fastball with this look and it's usually one or two key things that are different but we stay true to what we do well and we make sure we're just really good at that and you need to have variety in an NFL offense but you don't need to have 500 plays at your disposal. If you run inside zone and you're good at it, run inside zone. And then as we talked about a little earlier, just put different window dressings on it and have those change-ups available to you so that you can manufacture some chunk plays. And I think that's kind of the mantra of this Dolphin staff based off of what we've heard them talk about thus far. And I kind of, I like that approach and we'll get into a little later this offseason how that can go right and how that can go wrong last run from tampa finn thanks for all your hard work and engaging content for the first few games that fuller suspended do you think we kick waddle outside the boundary or play Bowden in this and play Bowden in the slot or we do we just keep waddle in the slot and allow him to get reps at his long-term position the good news is will Fuller's suspension for 2021 is just the first game so you should hopefully see Will Fuller back on the field for Week 2 against the Buffalo Bills. But as far as how Waddle's going to be used, I think it's going to be early enough into the season and his rookie year that what he's going to be asked to do is probably not going to be super elaborate and maybe the Dolphins surprise you, they come out, they have a bunch of schemed targets for Jalen Waddle, and they come out like gangbusters, throwing the football all over the field. Um, but I would probably expect the Dolphins to lean on their experienced players early on, and Jalen Waddle is more of the, uh, you'll, you'll probably see a couple deep shots to him early on, double moves stuff that can manufacture outside. You run him from the 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 slot and you run slot fade with him and get him vertical and try and get him mismatched against somebody who's a lesser corner uh, when the Patriots are on one high safety look. And, and I think that's probably the expectation for Jalen early on. I would caution anybody against expecting Jalen Waddle to catch 12 balls on 15 targets for 200 yards in the first game. I think his... His impact is going to have to be rooted in a couple of scheme touches, uh, keeping him in his wheelhouse, which is either the really short stuff in the screen game and RPO game, or vertically down the field, particularly in the early portions of the season, and let him prove he can master that before you put too much on his plate. That's always kind of a tricky thing, right? So You don't want to ask a rookie to do too much before they've shown that they've mastered what is initially a part of their assignment. So it's kind of unfortunate timing for Will Fuller where you'd love to have him, especially in a divisional game, but it is what it is. And the Dolphins, I'm sure they will have plenty of things cooked up for week one against New England. Some of that being rooted in kind of the gamesmanship they're playing with who exactly is going to be calling plays. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Shifting gears to Twitter questions, we got some good ones uh, to bring us home today. The first one from Ben. Kyle, do you think there's any correlation between the players who the Dolphins sent on their way this offseason and the quote-unquote anonymous sources who were saying the team didn't believe in Tua. I have no information here. I have no grounds for belief one way or the other here, but I would be lying if I said the question didn't at least cross my mind itself, Uh, and maybe certainly not every player that was jettisoned from the team this offseason, right because at some point upgrades were necessary and some financial decisions were made but I certainly think you know it's it's worth considering that they're not dumb you know the the, the coaches and the the front office they know how players feel and, and it kind of gets around and if there were indeed players within the locker room who were overly vocal about their, disenchantment with Tua Valoa, perhaps that was one of the motivating factors that prompted some of the changes to be made. Again, there there's no facts to any of that, but at the very least, Ben, I've asked myself the same question, and we'll probably never know. Uh, but I do think it will be interesting to kind of monitor and follow what kind of leaks get out this year as compared to what was able to get out prematurely last year. And I I do think one of the common themes for the Dolphins was uh, a lot of the leaks came from the quarterback decisions. And almost anything, the Dolphins were able to keep the fact that Preston Williams had a foot injury that needed surgery Completely under wraps and through week 17 had people convinced he might be coming back and playing for the again that season. Like, they can keep stuff really under lock and key. And magically, the things that leaked were the Dolphins' decision to start Tua that came out on the buy. And then later in the year, uh when Lee Steinberg, Tua's agent, tweeted out that he was heading to Miami to watch Tua play when he was questionable all week long and the Dolphins were playing the game uh, with Cincinnati on whether or not he was going to play or not. Next question comes from, Oh, you didn't leave your name, sir, MD Bywater. Power to the Pod is a British fan who is hoping that restrictions will allow him to travel from Scotland down to London to support in week six. How disruptive could the London game be with no bye week on either side of the international travel? P.S. Are you going to make it over? Buy you a pint if you do. Uh, I am leaving which games I am in attendance for this year currently open-ended, but I would consider games just about anywhere on the schedule to be a possibility. Excited to, to finalize training camp, how many games which games, all that stuff I got to suss out and and figure out. But uh, who knows? Scientists don't even know. Uh, As far as uh, the international travel and how disruptive that could be, I don't think it's going to be overly disruptive through week five, or I should say through week six. Uh, Of course, the big wild card is week seven, and and what was interesting was when Peter King reported that the Dolphins apparently did not want the buy in week seven, they wanted a later buy, the justification was, by the time we get home, you're talking about less than an hour's difference than a uh, late game on the West Coast, as far as how it lines up. So that's the silver lining of playing a 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff. If you're the Dolphins, by the time this game is over and you get packed up and you hop on the plane, you're home like approximately the same time in South Florida than what you would be if you had to fly to, say, Seattle or Los Angeles to play a road game on the West Coast, and it was a 4 o'clock game. So I think that they're... Going to try to minimize it as much as possible, whether or not it blows up in their face and they, they fall flat the following week is yet to be determined, but uh, hey, we can hope, right? Uh, the Pylon, absolutely love your Bilt Bar plugins. I hope they take good care of you because they're masterful. It'd be cool if you could talk about your approach for that on Power to the Pod. I know it can't be the only one who chuckles every time. I'm sure there are some people who are just absolutely fed up with Bilt Bar, but those people would probably be the ones that haven't ate them yet uh built bar has been wonderful to me they, they are always sure to send over a sample box of the new flavors when they come out and yes i have eaten an embarrassingly high number of built bar and my quote-unquote body count on that front is going to continue to skyrocket a couple more next one comes from matthew kyle love the podcast hope to see more podcasts like the buffalo one from last year Since you are a scouting guru, if the Dolphins approached you for a scouting job, would you take it? Uh, Okay, so a couple things here. The Bills pod, the the week two post-game show uh, after Miami lost to Buffalo was one of the notorious episodes of my career with the team uh, because it was a very impassioned and frustrated uh, immediately after the game recorded Uh, Episode of Locked On Dolphins, and I can tell you guys, uh, I lost some listeners over that show because you know it it was cold, hard dose of reality about the way the team was playing. And um, thankfully for the Dolphins and and all of our sanity, the Dolphins turned the team around. But I alluded to this earlier: is, is the best thing that I can do is not tell you what to feel, but give you context on things that I know give you context on things that I see, and give you my best version of reality and allow you guys to make the decisions for yourself. And that's what I always aspire to do on this show. Uh, as far as being a quote-unquote scouting guru, uh, I am a student of the game, but I try not to use words like guru or self-descriptors like guru or, or people when they have me on and they'll, they'll refer to me as a draft expert. I cringe because there's, there's no experts in this. Uh, you can be an analyst, uh, but a guru or an expert it's tough because y- y- there's 10 times more things, 100 times more things that I don't know or I have yet to learn that I hope to learn over the next couple of years uh, versus what I do know. And that's a trend line I hope to continue. Uh, but as far as your question with the Dolphins and, you know, if they approach me about a scouting gig, what I would tell you guys is this, because uh, I know the last host of Locked On Dolphins left and took a job with uh, the team, Travis. So I absolutely positively adore what I do. I feel very, very blessed to be able to work my dream jobs and work for the Draft Network as a player valuation individual and scout college players and and give them evals and talk to them and learn and and talk to their coaches and people around their programs and create a big board and participate in mock drafts and all that stuff. It's, It's phenomenal. And then to be able to cover the Dolphins, in addition to all that, I'm living the dream as far as my opportunities and and what I have in front of me. There are very few situations that would change my employment status. But when I started working towards this, when I started creating a portfolio for myself in 2012, 2013, my objective at the time was to get a job in scouting and to work for a team. So if the Dolphins, the team that is nearest and dearest to my heart, rang me up and for some reason felt like I would have value to bring to their front office, uh, I'd lose a lot of sleep thinking about it. And my gut would tell me I would want to pursue it and at least give it the chance. But it would hurt to walk away from the things that I'm doing now. But that would be a totally different fulfillment of a totally different dream. And uh, to do it for Miami would be quite the experience last one today comes from Danny was wondering if we were going to get a Danny question this week's good to see you man uh, name a dark horse player on offense and defense that's going to have a breakout year for the team hmm I feel like finding dark horses is tough because <laughs> how comprehensive we are uh, with the roster in its entirety but I'll go off the beaten path a little bit, and I'll say Brandon Jones, the safety from Texas, third-round pick from 2020, uh, is very well positioned with the other players in the secondary between the corners and the other safety room. To have a specific role that might not be more than 40 snaps a game or so, defensively, but that is a role that should allow him to do what he does absolutely best and he should have a good deal of success in doing so. On the offensive side of the ball, and I think they like Malcolm Brown a little bit too here. You know, Miles Gaskin, obviously, uh, the sweat equity that he put in with the team last year and the production that he had on the games he was on the field, but you know, they're going to want to bang and be physical a little bit. And I think Malcolm Brown, uh, at least early on, and, and he's on a short-term deal here with Jared Dokes being another 7th-round pick, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up having a bigger role than we're probably talking about at this point in time. But I hope you all will talk about Locked On Dolphins by listening to some more shows this week and uh, engaging with me on social media at Locked On Fins or at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. Thank you so much, as always, for partaking in this week's episode of Power to the Pod. Could not do it without you guys. This gig, you know, I said a little bit how much this is a dream opportunity for me. Uh, It is what it is because of you guys and the engagement that I get and being able to connect with the Dolphins community. So uh, thankful, as always, for each and every one of you. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys have a great day, and I hope to talk to you again tomorrow.